Welcome to Voices on Aging. I'm Jane Muzzard, Chief Executive of Coder SA. Finding things to do that are fun, that keep us moving, that use our brains and that keep us in touch with others are very important at every age, including as we get older. In Voices on Aging, we introduce you to people sharing their personal stories and their experiences as they build connections at different points in their lives. Over this series, we'll hear from guests about how they've connected with life and their community, how they've overcome challenges, and what helped them succeed. If you or someone you know is feeling stuck or disconnected, or you're looking for some inspiration, then this is the podcast for you. Coder SA is an older people's movement. Our purpose is to promote the rights, interests and futures of South Australians as we age. Find out more by calling us on 8232 or having a look at our website, coderessa.org.au. In episode four, Barbara talks about how several years after the passing of her much-loved husband, she has rebuilt her confidence to attend and organise social activities as a single person. She describes her peer volunteer Marjorie as providing the push she needed to follow her interests and engage with others. She has plans for a week-long interstate travel trip and once COVID travel restrictions ease, she'll go further afield. Hi, I'm Barbara Hill. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for hosting us in your lovely home and down by the beautiful sea. We just drove down as we came in and we had a look at the cliffs there. I know. I love walking down there. Yeah. Do you, I like, I feel like the seasons would change in a day. Like it must look different all the time. Sometimes you can't even get onto the beach. There's so much water. But in my younger days, I used to walk both ends of the beach. Now I can only do one. Yeah. So do you still try and get out there regularly? Yes, I do. And But sometimes it's windy, raining. Sometimes I'm going out early morning and I don't like the sun, so I won't go out during the day. Well, it's good to be sun smart too, isn't it? Now, we were just talking before about travel. So tell me about the adventure of travel with your second husband. Well, Jeff was a wonderful person. He'd only been to South Africa. Now we've done the seven continents. We've been everywhere. Antarctica, Hawaii, the continent, loved England. And including Antarctica. What was that like, apart from incredibly cold? Well, it's probably the best trip that we've ever done. It was wonderful. And we went on a sort of, it was an explorer, only 46 people. And we even went, stayed on the shore one night. We slept out in a tent. It was very cold, but just for the experience. Also, we travelled right around Australia. We haven't just been overseas and uh, we did the cruise up to around Darwin, around to Broome. We flew up to uh, Alice Springs and uh, flew up to the Daintree and we went over to uh, Thursday Island. We camped all those times and Jeff and I are very short. We always had to rely on someone to put our tent up and especially take it down. We couldn't reach it. They were the days. Oh, another day, a time we walked in um, Kangaroo Island, went for a seven-day trip, tour, and that was tenting every night. So you really have had lots of adventures. Well, I'm very lucky to have Jeff. I couldn't have travelled and done all those things by myself. We were just such good company. Jeff was wonderful. Right through his life, he's written a story on every holiday 
And we've done 60 just in the time that I had to 30 year, 35 years. I've just made a pricey of them and a friend's just at the moment typing them up for me. Wonderful. He's got every date. and uh, What precious, precious treasures that is. What, that's wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful, yes. He was wonderful. So, and then you also had three children? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, tell me about them. Well, they're very lucky. When they finished school, I sent them all overseas. Two went to Japan and one went to South Africa. And then I took them uh, to New Zealand. Then, then they grew up, married, and it's up to them now. They travel themselves. Mm. So travel has been a very important thing throughout your life. And since Jeff's passing, have you been able to do that travel? No, nearly three years now I haven't done anything, not a thing. And so how does that make you feel? Well, I just, well, very sad, of course, but I just wouldn't go out. I wouldn't venture out. And I think the virus too has held everybody back because I had booked a cruise, which I couldn't do. So first, you know, there was challenges in travelling because you'd lost your travel partner and then now you're dealing with COVID on top of that. That must be challenging for you. Yes, it is. And it's very hard, uh, very hard to make friends. Specifically during COVID time, do you think? No, no. I think sometimes when you're single. In fact, I went out with a couple with recently for a meal and uh, my friend said it would be nice if you had had a partner for us. <laughs> it floored me a bit, but there you are. Yes, that, that's not the most sensitive no, thing to say. No, no. So for you having to deal with loss, what was that experience like for you? It's hard to explain. I think I've only just got over it now, if you ever do get over it. Mm. Yes. And so how do you process that? What is that journey? I guess I go to church and I have a faith and that does help. I don't know how people manage without one because you have to just look up. You can't drop your bundle. You have to keep going. And it's interesting, you know, you mentioned it's three years and you're feeling like after three years you're now coping better maybe? Is that what Yes, is- coping better. But you rely on people to get you through. Mm. You couldn't do it alone. No. So talk to me about what what you think is the value in connections and having supportive people around you? Well, originally I was just here seven days a week by myself. I didn't see anybody and you can't live like that. So what did you do? Well, I saw this ad in the paper for Kota one day and I thought, well, I'll give it a go and it really was worthwhile. They sent me out a wonderful person called Marjorie We'll get to have a chat to her in yes. a bit. Yes, so tell me about that. What happened then? Well, she encouraged me and said that I should really be looking at doing something and from that she did give me confidence. And do you think in that time where you were in very strong stages of grief, do you think that confidence was really important and why? Well, it was very important because uh, you can't just live alone without anybody. I don't mean that you live with someone, but someone taking an interest in you and also getting out and speaking to other people. It's that very core human need, isn't it? It is. I know some people like their own company, but I don't. To a point, maybe. <laughs> it's quite nice when you're on the beach and there's the oh, ruggedness yes. around yes, you. that's right. I used to walk a dog and you'd always, if you had a dog, you always spoke to someone. 
because I'd speak to you. Hmm. It's interesting. And so now if you meet people as you're walking, do you stop and talk to them? I always say hello, not always stop. One fellow I spoke to recently and he was able to put me onto a specialist. From a random meeting? A random, yes, because I had a bandage around my neck. And he said, oh, you need a, a specialist. And I said, well, yes, I do. And he told me his. So I've already rung them up. So that was helpful. It is amazing how when you have conversation, how generous people can be. I know, that's right. But it's that point, isn't it, of starting the conversation, yes. I suppose, because how would you know otherwise? No, no, that's right. Some people just ignore you, but not very many, not down here. It's friendly on the beach. Mm. So when Marjorie first came and you went through and, and she encouraged you to get involved in things, what, what did you do? Well, I went through all the brochures that she'd given me, quite a few, and uh, notes that had been given, which was very interesting. And uh, I thought, well, I'll go and play cards. And so from there I joined two clubs just to see which one I'd like best. They're very different. And I love both, and I go Mondays and Wednesdays. And also now I've joined ACH, and I'm going to three outings with them. So it's going to get me out. That sounds quite busy, actually. (laughs) I know, very lucky, yes. And one group that I play cards with, they said, now keep the first Monday of December free. We have a wonderful Christmas lunch. And that's lovely, and it's those... It's those things that make a difference, oh, yes. isn't it? yes, and I went yesterday and everyone speaks to me. I mean, the, most of them are bowlers, so I don't have any contact with them, but they're so friendly. So you felt very welcomed. Yes. Well, that's important, isn't it? Yes. Mm. And I like it. You were going to go and try see which one of the cards group, but you like them both, so you do both. I know. Well, the people are very different and I like them both. So then for you, if you think about how you were feeling before that first interaction with Marjorie and then going to the groups and how you're feeling now, what has that change been like? Well, I feel much happier. I feel happier in the home and I just look forward to be going out and meeting people. Sometimes you feel you need to be needed because that's what happens when you're married. Yeah, so it's a different way of getting that connection and feeling. yes part of something yes it is Mm. and so then you and you recently went to an uh, event with Marjorie yes we did Verdia's Requiem yeah so and you know exciting things like that that perhaps you know the things you look forward to and as you mentioned you've got the Christmas lunch so is it things like that having things to look forward to that helps oh well it does and I've been wanting to travel and just recently someone asked me would I like to go away for six nights there was a group going about 27 people, they're going to Hawker, Corn, and then over to Port Lincoln and then going around the Air Peninsula. And I thought, well, I don't know. And then I thought, yes, I must go because I'll meet all these lovely people. Oh, fabulous. So are you booked in on the trip? I have. It leaves on uh, Sunday and we, we had a get-together and they're lovely people. So you see, you meet nice people when you're doing what you like. So, yeah, so you think going to those card groups and getting used to doing things yes. with different people has yes. given you that confidence well, to take right. this next step. And, and, and other things might come from there too. Hmm. So it's about being part of these things and building that yes. foundation yes. for more. That's right. And then, sorry, 
with travel, that was always something you wanted to do. So now this is giving you that confidence to step back into oh, it. Oh, yes. When, when Jeff passed away and, you know, you lost your travel partner, did you think you would be able to travel again? Well, I did, but then you've got to find a travel partner. I did have one to go to uh, Hawaii, but, of course, uh, <clears throat> that didn't eventually. She keep, my friend keeps ringing me up saying, well, when are we going? And I said, well, not with this virus around, not for overseas. Mm, so tell me about that, the impact of COVID, mm. the feeling of isolation and loneliness. Do you think COVID in some ways, because people can't travel and do things as much, and then there's a, a sort of an element of fear around it, do you think that has added to that feeling in the community? Well, yes, it has. When things were closed down last time, a neighbour up here, he put a note on the door, do not come in, and he wouldn't let anyone in, you know. So some people take it to the extreme. I've had my vaccination, so I feel very comfortable about it. And was that an important step for you to take? Oh, no, it was just one of those things I would do. I know a lot of people here that won't have them. Mm. And it's a shame. But they have their reasons. Mm. So throughout your life, if you look back, has connections always been important? Yes, it has. I've always done volunteer work and that was important. But looking back now, I should have had a few interests. When I met Jeff, he didn't play cards and I was I love cards. So I gave it up. It didn't bother me. But I should have had something that I could have followed up with and I didn't have. So I was sort of left out on a limb. And I don't see my family very much. They think I'm living in Melbourne, <laughs> not Muslim Beach. <laughs> they, they all live in the city. So is that, you know, a connection that you miss? And well, like- yes, I do. Mm. Yes. Mm. But they don't realise that. Mm. So that therefore I need uh, connections. So for you, as your family have grown and they're busy with their lives, you've then really taken these steps to be proactive in creating connections for yourself outside of Mm. that? Yes, yes. Well, if I didn't, I wouldn't have anything to live for, would I? Mm. And I'd like to holiday again in Australia too. Yes, and at the moment, see, COVID limits that as well. That's right. But then again, I need someone who can drive and travel well uh, but aren't you leaving on a south australian travel trip on sunday yes yeah yeah but that's the first one yeah okay so marjorie i will get you to join us so i'm marjorie schultz and i'm a volunteer with cota i've been uh, a volunteer with cota for about four years off and on and it's a fabulous organization can you tell us about when you first met barbara Well, I first met Barbara through the COTA, through Rachel's initial interview, and uh, Barbara invited me to come down. And so I came down, got lost the first time, and that's okay. And we had a cup of tea and a piece of cake and a chat. Before that, through the information that I had through the COTA, I had some idea of Barbara's interest in the things that she wanted to do. So I could do some research before we met, had a bit of an idea. And that day after I left Barbara, I did the rounds of the library and the community centre. Barbara was interested in volunteering over at McLaren Vale at the hospital. I went over there, got all that information together 
and put it all down into uh, a list for our next meeting. The great thing about Barbara and I, though, is that we actually have quite similar interests, and I think that's a huge advantage, isn't it? And the event that we went to on Sunday, Barbara actually initiated, not me. Barbara heard about it through her church and said that she'd like to go, and I said, oh, well, my husband loves classical music and I've got another friend that lives at Ranella that would like it. So Barbara actually initiated it and she bought a couple from her church. So that's great. So, Barbara, you've really flipped it on its head Mm. where Marjorie's come to connect with you from Coda and you're now doing some of the reconnecting back. Well, that's correct. I knew all those things Marjorie had offered me, but I just wouldn't go. And now, oh, the Onkapringa Library, they have a film once a month and I'm already taking two other widows with me to get them out. So it really, you know, this connection with Barbara has just reopened, reignited. Yes, it has. Made a big difference, yes. Yeah. Thank goodness for that ad I saw in the paper. And then for you, Marjorie, it's it's bringing stuff back into your life as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I think the really important thing about is and about the COTA program is finding out what's happening in your local neighbourhood because those film afternoons over at the Seaford Library, the city, the city of Olkaparinga does some great things, but they run these film afternoons once a month. And as Barbara says, she, she's going and she's taking a couple of friends with her. Same with the Seaford Community Centre and those places. So it's, it's actually finding out what's happening in your local neighbourhood. And if you've got somebody else as well as yourself doing it, then, you know. And so then you're volunteering and that's about helping others. But do you think it's giving back and also you benefit and that's that symbiotic dual relationship in that you're then benefiting from Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, and for me, it's not about giving back. It's just about, it's actually, this is really actually quite interesting. And it builds relationships for you. You now have a friendship yes. and an extra connection with yes. Barbara. Yes, yes. And I know a lot more about what's happening in the southern suburbs than I ever used to. <laughs> <laughs> so it's made you both more social. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to Barbara's story. Barbara was ready to reconnect with friends and community, but was not aware of what her options were. She had a number of interests that she was keen to pursue, including playing cards, live music and travelling. By connecting with local groups and community centres, Barbara is enjoying the company of new friends. It has also helped her rebuild her confidence to organise events with some of her old friends. To find out what the community centre near you is, use the search director on Community Centres SA website or give them a call on 8371 4622. Local libraries also have ongoing activities you might be interested in. Thanks for listening to the Coder SA podcast, Voices on Ageing. Links to the resources mentioned in today's episode are included in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can catch every episode. Visit us at www.coderessay.org.au where you can browse our information, services and events and get involved with us. 
Voices on Ageing is produced by Narrative Marketing. We acknowledge the funding for this project from the Australian Government through the Adelaide Primary Health Network. I also want to acknowledge Coder SA's own Rachel Telfer who put this series together. And I acknowledge that Voices on Ageing was recorded on Ghana lands. Thank you.